Hey everyone, welcome back to True Authentic. My name is Jas and I have my partner in crime, Sven, here with me today. Hey guys, how you going? <laughs> On True Authentic, we talk about relevant topics in a very real and authentic way. Maybe too authentic for some. Today, we are going to talk about patriarchy. Big, big topic. Yeah, yeah so will. much to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> I was just going to say, you will probably have a lot uh, to say. I'll throw in my, my two cents as well, um, but I'm also going to be listening to the things you have to say uh, because you would have experienced more of it than I uh, have in, in the past 30 years of my life. Yeah, you're probably right there. And just for all of us um, that don't know much about patriarchy, patriarchy basically translates to a very male-dominated culture where women don't have much say for themselves or much control in their lives. So that's the kind of lens that I'll be speaking from today. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think um, in the culture that has influenced you or the culture yeah. you've grown up uh, in, um, well, sort of mixed cultures growing up in Australia, but especially the Indian, the Punjabi um, culture that has impacted you as well, I think there is a big, big gap or difference between the role that women are playing and the role that men are playing, right? Yeah, definitely. And I feel like growing up, I have seen this so much. Now it wouldn't, well, it doesn't affect me as much as it used to because I've kind of stepped outside of that and taken control of my own life. But growing up, yes, it affected me a lot. And I saw it affect other women in my life too. And just a disclaimer, this is all about my own experience with the patriarchal culture. So haters don't come at me for saying that everyone is the same because we're not, we're not all the same, but this is just what I've seen growing up as well. Yeah, I think it's the, the majority. Like, you find patriarchal, is that how you yeah, say Yeah, I think that's patriarchal, um, yeah. Um, anyway, you find patriarchy or, or these structures, patriarchal structures, um, all around the globe. Um, it's still a thing. It's not exclusive to one culture. But, of course, there are, um, there are cultures where it's deeply implemented yeah. or rooted in the culture where everything builds up on it. And then um, there are cultures that are more like outgrowing this... Um, this Yeah, structure mm. or this disease, you can al almost call it that, at least for a lot of women. And what you told me about the Indian culture is that it basically starts the day a girl is born. Yeah, right? basically from your birth. Like in my experience, like when a female is born, I've seen people react in a way where they give condolences for the birth of a daughter. And when a male is born, it's something that's celebrated on. And this is something that still is so prevalent in the culture. It's quite sad, really, but. It's the truth. It's not just quite sad. I find it extremely sad. Yeah. When you, when you told me about um, these things and that it's, I don't want to say it's a norm, but it's not unusual. Let's put it that way. Um, you've seen it happen in your family. You've seen it happen um, in other families um, yeah. around you. And there are also a lot of cases you, you can read about. Um, it goes much further when it's even about child abortion. I remember I was watching a documentary as well. Um, once where it was about this whole thing and also how the population obviously shifts then. If no one wants to have daughters, then suddenly there is a big overweight uh, of sons in the culture, of men in the culture. And um, it is something that is really, really sad. At the same time, of course, there are people doing something about it. We've been to this, like, to a child's birthday um, recently, and that was something that really touched me. Um, yeah. where Where people are actually trying to... to, to um, like, they go out of their way to show... To us, it doesn't matter if it's a son or a daughter that we um, give birth to, basically. Maybe you can say a bit more about that because yeah. it's more your, your territory. So basically in um, the culture that I kind of grew up with, um, when a son is born, we celebrate by giving out ladus, which are these Indian sweets. They're really, really yum, by the way. But they're generally only given out when a son is born. And when a female is born, they're not given out. And I think the experience or the, the um, situation you're talking about was a couple of weeks ago when we were given pink ladus, how sweet, for the birth of a little girl. Um, and it was so nice to see that people are trying to change this now because why should we only celebrate the birth of a son and not a daughter? I mean, a child is a miracle. Like, your child is healthy. You have a, you have a baby. You should celebrate the birth of it regardless of the gender, you know? So it was so, so nice to see. But I think that this is just... Uh, like an odd case like this doesn't happen all the time like what I saw is probably the first time in my entire life I've seen that happen in person where someone has given me pink ladus to show that men and women are equal and growing up it was always just the boy's birth that was celebrated like in Punjab we went back um we've been back numerous times my family and I over the years and they'd 
like different family friends and stuff would only celebrate if a boy was born in the festival of Lordi, which actually I think it um, marks the end of the wind, winter solstice. Don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but it's something that's celebrated um, quite a lot in Punjab. And especially if it's a boy, like it's a huge deal for the family. Like you'll have people come to the house. There'll be a lot of dancing, a lot of singing. But I remember when a female was born in our family, we didn't have any of that. Like it was just like, oh, okay, now I have to look after this girl until she gets married. And that's what your whole life kind of becomes. You're, I felt like as soon as a girl is born, it's not about, oh, we're going to help her grow and help her pursue her dreams and the life she wants and let her have control of her life. It's more about, okay, how am I going to get this child ready for marriage one day? Yeah. You know? I think, the, yeah, that's the, the problem starts where the girl is born. There yeah. is no equality. Yeah. Um, if you look at even how the parents, the family, the friends all react, um, like me coming from, from Germany, um, basically in my family, my father and me, we were the minority. Um, yeah. I grew up with three sisters and my mom and I never felt like I was treated differently because I was the son. Yeah. You know, it was four kids and we were all equal and uh, no one was picking any favorites. So this was very foreign to me. Um, at the same time, like ov obviously everything that I heard about it before from you, watching documentaries, um, hearing about different stories, reading about different stories, mm. um, that was a big shock for me. But then it was, uh, yeah, I was touched even more when we went to this birthday and the celebration of the birth of the girl. So they have a son as well. Yeah. Uh, it was his birthday they celebrated and um, her birth. Um, yeah, I was very touched um, by this gesture and it's great to see that there is a trend in some way and we, we, obviously with this podcast we want to sort of um, uh, fuel into that as well and, and, and try to inspire a change but um, it starts with the, with the day the kid is born, boy and girl are not equal and then it continues basically throughout the rest of their lives, right? Um, yeah. And, and, and we, we got, might touch on that later. In my opinion, the patriarchy even has negative effects on the lives of men as well. And yeah, I and think you're absolutely growth. right. But we can leave that for later. You can maybe just talk about how, it, like, go through the different stages in a girl's or a woman's life and see how it how it affects um, how it affects women there. Well, look, what we said earlier, like, it definitely starts from the day that you are born, but. I think not even from the day you are born. I think before you are even born, like when you are in the womb. Because I've heard so many cases of people checking the sex of the child to see if it's a male or a female and then choosing to abort that child if it is a female. And I feel like in India in particular that there is a whole, a whole industry based on this. Like you have all these like gurus or teachers, not like um, religious gurus, but people that disguise themselves as someone that's there to help people and they say things like, oh, if you give me X amount of money, um, you'll only give birth to a son. You will not have a daughter, you know, and you can continue your family lineage and your traditions and your honor and so forth. And then you read more into these stories and what these people are actually doing, these so-called gurus, is that they're actually checking the sex of the child and if it is a female, they make up some sort of reason to abort that child without telling the parents that it is a female and they'll say, oh, it's going to be sick or whatever it may be, they choose to abort that child and then they just keep the child if it's a male. So, of course, they'll have a 100% success rate if you are aborting or eliminating or killing every female that is in the womb, you know? So, there is this whole, like, it's huge. Like, it starts from before you are even born and I know a lot of the responsibility also goes on to the woman as well. In my experience, I've seen, like, if, for example, they've only had daughters in the family, it's put on the woman. They were like, oh, yeah, she couldn't give him any sons. You know, the amount of times I've heard stuff like that is ridiculous. Or when I see, like, people that have a lot of um, sisters and stuff, they'll be like, oh, it's going to be so hard for them. They're going to have such an expensive life because they have to pay dowry or people are going to look at them and be like, oh, you couldn't even have a brother. You've got three daughters. It's like something to be ashamed of. And it's so infuriating, really. Like, I get very angry about this. I'm trying to kind of stay calm with it. But even, like, Vaas, like my sister and I, um, I know that my family really wanted a son. And that was always something that they wanted. And, and that's probably because of how family back home was and how they've kind of been brought up. It's just been, you know, the, the, the birth of a male has been celebrated. But I felt it like I felt it for my sister as well when she was growing up. I remember when she was born that the celebration from when she was born and when my brother was born, completely different, completely different. And sorry to say, but that's the truth. Like it was 
not celebrated as much as my brother's birth was. And I love that baby. Like he's, he's my baby, you know, of course. But it's, it's crazy to see that just because of gender, how much you value a human's life. You know, and I see you shaking your head so much because uh, yeah, it's a shock to you. I, I've been I've been sitting here shaking my head uh, five minutes straight now. Yeah, uh, because it's it's so surreal. Like mm. it just it just doesn't make any sense to me, and it's horrible to hear of these cases, obviously of child abortion. But even then, if we say let's look at Australia, people that live here, for example, or in Western societies and grow up here, let's say um, you are a girl, you're not being aborted, you're given birth to and you grow up in this world, um, then I think there are still plenty of negative effects of this whole uh, patriarchy and the structures. Well, yeah, because males kind of dominate the culture. So what the man of the house or what the male in charge says goes, that is your life. Like when you are born, your life is not yours as a female. It is in someone else's hands. And every decision you make, based on my experience, by the way, just disclaimer again, becomes about getting approval for certain things or making yourself not be seen as someone that's like out of control. Like the amount of times I heard things like, oh, you know, like if someone did something that was against the grain where they would say something like, oh yeah, that girl just went out of control of her family. Like the family lost control in her. Or the reason she is the way this sh- she is is because her f- parents were divorced and she didn't really have that um, father figure. Or there's so many things that I used to hear, not in my own family, but like other families that we knew and stuff. It would just show you that Really, like, when we're born, we're like a status symbol. I even feel like it's like with a society. So the way the daughter is brought up and how she presents to society is a reflection on the parents of how they brought her up. So it becomes this, like, weird intertwined identity where what the daughter does, like, reflects directly on the parents. And that's why they put so much effort into making sure she follows this path that is set Mm. out for her and makes her marriageable. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and listening to you and um, also with the things we, we've spoken about in the past, it almost sounds like, yes, a status symbol, at the same time also a burden yeah. in some way. Um, it is something, okay, let's just make sure we do this thing right so we can then pass on the responsibility to somebody else at some point when she's being able to, or old enough to get married to, to someone else. So it's not our responsibility anymore. Yeah. So instead of just giving that child love and freedom, it's more like, all right, we sort of this is a status symbol. We want to do our best to um, to make ourselves look good through our daughter, through our yeah. child. And at the same time, um, from your experience, the things you have told me, um, it's also you are basically, yeah, you're you're serving somebody else, or you're basically going through a school. You're not going through the school of life. You're going through the school of the perfect housewife. Pretty much everything that you do, like it becomes about being marriageable. Like you have to learn to cook so that you can cook for your husband. You have to learn to do house chores so that you can be a good wife. You have to learn how to look after children so that you can look after your husband's children. Everything became about getting married. And I know a lot of females will relate to this because there is this immense pressure on you from a certain age, from your mid-20s or even earlier sometimes to get married. And if you're not married by a certain age, they think something is wrong with you. They think women can only be marriage-oriented or career-oriented. You can't be both. And I see the opposite of opposite standard apply for males they can be both career oriented and can be ready for marriage but women women can't and why is that like how is that fair at all you know it doesn't make sense it's it's horrible um and well this is not my own opinion quite obviously but it's basically once you've surpassed a certain age you're sort of like a rotten apple yeah there's something wrong with you something's wrong with you We've, we've heard similar stories actually i also read about it um where it's about someone getting divorced and then yep. wasn't it that what, what was the term that was used damaged sort of, goods yeah or a scratched car yeah the scratched scr- car yeah. so it's basically you know this like the daughter is this like sort of holy but then again not really holy uh, figure because she's not really valued um uh, or looked up to but uh it's just about like let, let's not let's let's keep this keep this girl uh, clean and without any scratches, you know, like keep, keep, keep it in perfect condition so, the, so then we will find someone who wants to buy it off us <laughs> or and take it off us. I mean, if yeah. you talk about dowry, um, not my, I'm not an expert on this, obviously. Um, I don't know how established or how much of a thing it still is here in Australia, for example, in that culture. I know it's more of a thing in, in India. Um, but also that whole thing just makes me shake my head. Like how do you have to pay, basically pay someone so that they then take 
your daughter and the responsibilities away from you or, or what's the deal there I yeah i i totally agree with what you're saying and with the dowry thing i'm not sure how much it applies in the modern day here in australia but i know definitely back home it does and it's still a very prevalent um thing in society and it's quite sad that you have to pay someone to now take the burden off your hands i mean what, what was the burden to begin with the fact that she's a female makes no freaking sense like this Sorry to be rude, but it makes no sense. And this stigma... I don't think there's anything rude about yeah, saying that. You know, yeah. I'm holding back from swearing, yeah, but I get very, um, very, very angry about this topic because I see how much it affect, affected me and how much it affects yeah. women every single day, you know? And yeah, the whole like taking the burden off them so that they can now be free of this, um, oh, we don't have to worry about what she does. She's in her own house now. We can't, we don't care, you know? She can do whatever she wants. It doesn't reflect on us. It reflects on the family that she's now married into. So it becomes this whole about like, what will society think? Because when the daughter is living in your home, she's in your control and she lives to uphold your honour and your, um, your view, like how people view you in society. But once she's married, she's now their responsibility. She's not yours anymore. So it doesn't matter, which is very sad because... Just because someone is a woman, it does not mean that she has to uphold the honor of your whole family and all these traditions and everything. Honor is for herself. Her first responsibility is to herself, not to the family, not to the honor of whatever you guys think that, you know, you're trying to protect or portray to society, but for herself, you know? And let's and if you talk about whatever you're trying to protect, I think me as an outsider looking at it, it's quite, it's quite um, clear what what people are protecting through this in patriarchy. Yeah. It's, a, it's about protecting their own power, protecting their own privilege, protecting their, their own position. Uh, it's something I saw like right through it basically when we also received some hate online after uh, we had made our relationship public. And it was mostly, yeah, mostly, you can say that apart from the family and maybe family friends, it was mostly guys um, sharing their hate, uh, their negative comments and their judgment in the comments and... Uh, and in real life, mostly, the judgment most, as well. Mostly on Instagram and also the real life judgment. And that is because um, I think that's the, the other aspect um, I sort of mentioned or touched on earlier. I think in a patriarchal... I hope this word is actually the proper term. I'll be using it all the way through for an hour now, the patriarchal <laughs> culture. Um, I think it does, and at the end of the day, it doesn't really benefit men in terms of their personal growth, self-reflection. All that is not happening. You're, yeah. you're, you're following the structures that are there for you. They serve you. You know, the boys are, or the, the men are the little princes and everything's being given to them. And they have much less to worry about. You know, they, are, they are sort of have a privilege in almost every, every field of their life um, over women. And um, they don't really deserve... Yeah, develop their own personality, character uh, traits, strength, and independence. Because you see it now. In my opinion, what was what was the the root of these reactions we received was that as soon as someone publicly goes against this whole system yeah. and society and shakes it and questions it, and then oh, yeah, well, quite obviously from the likes and comments and DMs you received, um, also gets a lot of love, sympathy, empathy. Um, a lot of support, then these people are threatened in their own, own identity because everything is based on this system. If you take that system away from them, what are they going to do? Are they ever going to end up with a wife? Well, where, where are they going to take it from? If they don't even know how to respect and love a woman and you know how to treat people equally and, um, and be decent humans, then well, what are they going to be without this privilege or the benefit of, I can just pick whoever I want and everything's serving me. Yep, that's and, the thing. And I'm sitting here comfortably. They, look, these people, we sp speak about comfort zone so much. In that system, the, the men are in their comfort zone pretty much 24-7. And the women are yep. going through shit. Yeah. 100% true. And yes, you're right. We did see when all the haters came out to play. Youth, we pretty much... By, through our own life choice, we threatened their very identity, which what Sven said is so true. Like it's so rooted in the culture that anything that kind of challenges that culture becomes a threat to self. It becomes a threat to how they view themselves. And yeah, you're right. Like the system pretty much protects them and makes sure that they guaranteed a wife. And oh, God forbid that they had to try and have the emotional intelligence to talk to females themselves and try and court them in a nice way and, you know, express 
kindness, gratitude, love, and all these kind of things that you go through in a normal relationship. No, it's just like, okay, I want that one. All right, I've got enough money and things like that. My parents will talk to your parents and we'll make it happen. So many things like this happened to me when I was growing up. Like when other, you know, when I was younger, when guys in the society would be like, oh, my parents will talk to your parents and, you know, we can get married. Why? Just because you want to marry me and just because, like, you've got money and, like, you're a guy and it's okay for you to just do those things? No, like doesn't work that way and i think that these people that hate are so threatened by the change they now see in the culture like i kind of see it picking up a little bit women are becoming more empowered women are now starting to take their lives in their own hands and it scares the shit out of them because if every woman starts being like this who is going to be left for this society to just pick and choose and marry of course and um there is a system in place everything you know there there, there's there's a system and a certain procedure in place and Human beings love that. They love comfort. They love systems. They love having the thinking taken out of things and, you know, for things to just happen and for them to just have to follow a certain path. Um, and especially if it all serves them. If, that's, if that system uh, and that process doesn't serve you, but it damages you, then, of course, you're more likely to raise your voice and go against it. Not everyone will do that because, you know, it's, it's also quite intimidating, obviously. And, there, and another thing, and that might be, I'm not a scientist with that, um, but the, the root or the base of it all um, probably comes from men also being physically superior and maybe the roles that men and women had in the, back in the ancient days. Uh, um, but that is not the case anymore. So as soon as someone um, tries to shake or change this procedure and this system... We, we've spoken about it before on other episodes. We don't really love or appreciate change. So that is, people see it as a threat. Yeah. And I think in a lot of ways, they've seen the way that we came out about our relationship as a bit of a threat as well. Because to be honest with you, I didn't really have anyone to look after that. It kind of like a, like a jobby female is what I'm trying to say. Um, step out and pick someone of her own choosing who just happened to be... Um, white for lack of better term i never had that example to see how people would react to her and her in society but and then the whole disown thing as well like it was completely foreign land for me yes i kind of knew that these things would happen you know when things happen and they happen like in real life it's crazy you know so i think that our relationship became a threat to them and how we spoke about it because yes like you said they saw the love and the support and things that we got and they saw so many other women coming out talking about the same issues that they were facing and for them they were like whoa is this really happening? Oh my gosh, who am I going to marry now? Yeah, what's my life? What's, what's their life? Where's the, where, where, where's the, not just the meaning, um, but yeah. the, I've said it before, there's the whole structure. Take that structure away from them. Everything got? is falling apart, basically. And that's the problem here, that they base their own life and identity on this because everything works for them stop that machine that works for them and yeah. suddenly they're like shit holy I've shit what do we do yeah i've got to sort my own shit out now How, how's that gonna work yeah and yeah. you know what you even see it in like even um like interracial marriages in the community as well like if it's a male who is of the culture and he marries outside of the culture sometimes this is like like embraced so much it's celebrated and people are so happy for them and that's freaking great but then sometimes the opposite happens for women you know so i've seen it in our in our story as well like of course i've gotten so much love and support and kindness from all of you guys but i've also felt the opposite end like i felt the flip side of the coin as well where people think that it's okay to judge um me and my partner or try and you know tell us to think in their way of thinking and have me question oh why did you do it this way why didn't you do it that way When's the last time a male was asked questions like, this is what I want to know. Why am I being put through the fire and asked all these questions about my own life? Yes, sure, I shared my story online, but that doesn't give people the right to just ask such personal questions straight up to your face and expect, like, expect that for me to like, crumble and be like, you know what, you're right, you're absolutely right, I shouldn't have done it that way. No, what I did, I did for my own life and I did it in the way that made most sense to me, you know? And for me, like, it would really upset me because I would be like, you know what? If I was a guy going through the same situation, there is no way people would ask me the questions that they have. That's interesting. Um, I don't have the experience. I haven't seen it often enough to, to know uh, how it would go, but I've heard it from you. I've heard it from other people that are very deeply connected yeah. to the whole community and society as well that have said that there is a massive double standard yeah. here as well about 
going to pick your partner outside the culture, going to marry outside the culture, um, where, yeah, as you say, women are being attacked or judged. And uh, for men, it's almost like, oh, congrats, bro. Yeah. Well done. Good like, on you. <laughs> I feel like women that go outside the culture are still seen as promiscuous because, and I think that's because that in some situations, the white man is still seen as only wanting to be with the brown female for sexual gratification. And because the woman is now with this man, she therefore becomes promiscuous and there is something wrong with her, you know? And the kind of things that you'll see in society, even today, when people go outside of their culture, like, yes, you get the people that do hate, but then you get the ones that are a bit confused and they just think that because a woman has now gone outside the norm, I would say, is the right way to say this, there is something wrong with her and that, Oh, and then guys kind of take it upon themselves and they'll be like, well, what was wrong with us that you had to venture outside of the culture? Yeah, and that's a massive insecurity <laughs> yeah. there. But I think it's it almost makes me smile or laugh that like the whole concept that you have just explained because um, it's basically these guys then say that, let's let's take you and me, that yeah. you're just more like more of a... Um, an exotic sex object or whatever to me, where <laughs> if we look at your uh, DMs on Instagram, uh, probably 90% of the messages from Indian uh, men would be something going that, down that route or that, that, yep. that direction. Um, and if you look at the whole culture where, where women are only serving certain purposes, and this will probably be one of them, um, and we have actually like freely decided to be together, you know, we have fallen in love. This is a relationship that has happened or you know we had this moment this spark but then it has grown into something and we're going through different stages it's not just okay that's that's him uh, that's her let's link them up and they get married do you know what i mean like there's yep. so much more like this is so much more real mm. so then it's funny that people try to break that down to only certain aspects of a relationship uh they don't even talk about love it's just oh yeah sex object you know whatever just a trophy um even though that whole culture is about what's your job what's your income what's your 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 family's income and uh, and and there it's more about let me sort the results of my marriage first based on those factors yeah you see it all the time like people are categorized based on caste sex um the way they look how high how tall they are how much money they make, all these kind of things, all these little filters that you tick. And I've seen it on websites as well, like charlie.com, where you can like tick, tick off like different factors yeah. and sort you your search results of, based on that. You what? showed me some of these highlight it's ridiculous. videos, highlight reels of people presenting themselves on these websites. It's <laughs> yeah. fucking hilarious. Go on YouTube and, and have a look at it. Most of you guys uh, will probably know already um, where it is so superficial. Yeah. Like, this is, like this is, I'm, I'm really shocked how superficial this system is. And then people are trying to have a go at us where we, yes, we met online. We can talk about that on a, but um, we, it yeah. wasn't on shady.com or whatever that is called. <laughs> <laughs> and we, de we definitely had more of a choice and, uh, and we could actually take the time to meet each other, get to know each other. And we have actually grown a proper relationship, not just based on our cast and, uh, and income and job. So, yeah. Um, the, like, if, you, if, you if you look at real love, people finding their partners in other cultures, like it doesn't fucking matter. Of Sorry for the doesn't. swearing. Like it, even looking at it, it, it like, oh, outside the culture, inside the culture, to me that really doesn't matter, you know? It's person A, person B, they fall in love, they're together, whatever, That's they it. make it work. Different cultures, great. Something to learn for both of them. Like I don't know where the problem is in all this and people that then go and judge it and, and if, well, I'm sure people have said these things about us as well, it's just, it's just quite hilarious for me. Yeah, and it, it, is, it is very ridiculous to talk about it, but it's very true. And I know a lot of my sisters watching this um, podcast or listening to it can relate, and even my brothers as well. Like, you'll see that just because society or the people that are close to you have a view of where your life wants to go, the moment you take off from that path or you take a decision into your hands, they will do anything to try and bring you back to that comfort zone or that comfort path that they are they're used to. Because like we said last time, change is like a threat to the brain. It scares people. And anybody that goes outside the path, like, whoa, shit, what is happening? And how can we stop it? And even nowadays, like, I will still feel like people, well, not feel, I, I would say people have actually said this, that they're kind of like, oh, just be careful. You know, he's white. You know how they are. And what, if, what are you going to do if he leaves you? Just make sure you have support around you and all this kind of ridiculous stuff. 
freaking is so infuriating. I'm like, don't worry, fam. I'm like, <laughs> I did not move out for him. I moved out for myself. I took my life into my own control for myself. Yes, Sven just happened to be the man that I fell in love with and that I want to spend the rest of my life with. But at the end of the day, I always wanted to do this for myself. And it's no one's business to say, um, what if he leaves you one day or because this is how they all are. And you see it in like movies, even like how it's portrayed. Like the white man is still portrayed as like the devil. Like I've seen so many movies that watching when we were growing up, like there would always be this like, I don't know, this Indian girl that falls for the foreigner and then he ends up leaving her or that he ends up hating her. All these kind of things. And it all feeds into this whole like patriarchal culture. It really yeah. does. I was just going to say, but then um, I sort of corrected myself in my head. I was just going to say we're drifting away from the topic, but actually we're not really. If you look, no, at, if no. you look, at, if you look at the media, if you look at um, the movies, um, of course, if you, well, let's say if you have a society, a culture, a system that exploits, and I think that's certainly the case here, if you look at the females, then you still have to have a bigger enemy. Yep. You're like, look, you're still better off here. You're still better off with this. You better stick with this um, because at least it's in some way comfortable for you and it works. And you have to have the bigger enemy or like whoever, can you say who really came up with it? It's, it's something that just develops in a society. But of course, having this enemy now saying the white man is bad and then taking cases where relationships haven't worked out, where someone cheats on the other or whatever. Yeah. Just because you don't talk about it doesn't mean it doesn't happen. So, yeah. you know, um, you, you, you find this all, ar- like all around the globe. You can find it in every culture that marriages don't work out, that people cheat, yeah. you know, that people are not as serious as they seem or as they say. But I'm sure you find that in a lot of Indian marriages as well, just as many as in every other country of the world. But it is much more of a taboo. Getting divorced, we've touched on that earlier. Yeah. You're the scratched, scratched car. car. So, do, so, then, so then it's... It's, a, it's an even bigger step. I know 20, 30 years ago in Germany, it was, was a bigger deal as well. Um, like my, I don't know how much it affected my parents in the end, but uh, my parents are divorced. And I'm sure, especially looking at my grandparents, older generations, they're like, ah, oh, it's a bit of a taboo. Like it's a development that has yeah. happened over the last 20, 30 years in Germany, probably that it's more established. If it doesn't work out for you, you're not happy, both of you, you're not happy together anymore. All right, fair enough you know move on it's not that oh my god we have two scratched cars here now or, or, or at least one of them um it's not that it does mm. any damage it's seen as doing any damage to yourself or damage to your life i think um that's that's the big thing here but if you have that um like they are painting the stereotype um or this picture but you will find this as much in some white man as you find it in brown man black man yellow purple, pink, whatever. Um, It it is not a thing of color. It is just, is there a cultural taboo to actually speak up about whatever it is, domestic violence, you know, um, certain things that happen behind closed doors and do you just let it happen or is there a way in the system where you can just say, you know what? I'm I'm done. done." And I think it's a very interesting point that you've just touched on now that divorce and um, separation is still something that's very taboo in the community and yes like we read that story on this woman being viewed as a scratched car um, and I think that also does affect how long people stay in relationships that maybe they shouldn't be in or that they know are wrong for them because they're so afraid of being viewed as tainted or damaged goods and I feel that very very like it's very very sad for the women in particular because they're kind of viewed as something is wrong with them, that the man has left them. Like they will see this woman and they'll be like, oh, she's divorced. Something must be wrong with her. How can she get married again? And I've seen this happen in real life too, where this poor woman now, just because the marriage didn't work and it could be for whatever reasons, it could be her who decided to get divorced or him or, you know, both of them on amicable terms and they're still communicating, they're still like happy for each other's path. But this woman will always be viewed as something was wrong with her because she could not uphold the marriage. She could not make it work. And she takes that guilt and that shame for herself and she carries it. And that's something that's really, it's so sad because it's encouraging the culture as well. I would say like the woman just takes responsibility. Like if something happens, that's not right. It's the woman's fault. And growing up, I saw it happen in a different vein where, I would see um, family, friends and stuff, like if their daughters went on a different path or whatever, the mother at home was blamed. They said that you couldn't bring up your daughter in the right way and that's why she did this, it's your fault. And this woman lives with this shame and this guilt and this 
trauma cycle begins in her head and then she passes it on to her daughter who then carries guilt and shame for picking up her own path. And I've felt this with so many women that I've communicated with that have now decided to take life into their own hands. They feel this guilt and this shame. It's like, what will happen to them? Well, how, will, how will my parents react to this? It's my fault for choosing this path. It's my fault for not being what they wanted me to be. No, it is not your fault. You, none of that guilt or shame is yours to carry. And I feel like it's something so prevalent in the culture. It affects you in not just marriage or just, um, you know, when you're like married or before you get married, but from the day you were born, like you have this weird like guilt or shame and you feel like blamed for like doing things that you want to do for yourself because you feel like they're not serving anyone else. And because you're so brought up to serve other people, any decision that only serves you is in your head viewed as wrong. And that's something I like resonates with me a lot because yeah. I felt like when I was doing things just for myself, like, oh my God, I'm being selfish. There's something wrong with me. Look at how other people, look at how so-and-so are. They're just, you know, making sure that they do everything for the family. They're looking after the family, blah, da, da. The moment I took a step for myself, I viewed it as selfish. So I attached this feeling of guilt to my own life decisions. And it's something I struggled with a lot. And I would say only maybe like recently I've started to come out of that feeling and sometimes I still have like my old patterns where I feel like this weird like oh should I have done this should I have done that but you know it's old patterns it's old fear conditioning and you're just trying to break free and of course your brain will try and take you back to those feelings because you're familiar with them and every time you try and carve a new path it freaks out because like we said like comfort zone is the most comfortable place for a human being and that's just what it is and that's how my mind works sometimes too. Yeah, now I might drift away a little bit from the patriarchy topic, <laughs> yeah. but um, I think this is something that applies to men just as much as women. Yeah. We also know there are a lot of men in that culture as well that sort of struggle or suffer from, um, from the pressure yeah. um, that is put on them. And I think the root, the base of it all is that no one's really given freedom and autonomy. People do not learn to make their own decisions and then also um, just take responsibility for their own decisions. And I think if that is the root of your life decisions is, I think this is the right thing for me to do in this moment, yeah. um, then, you know, everything else just sort of th this feeling of guilt just disappears. But because from the young age, people are conditioned to having to align with society, align with this like certain path that people want them to walk, then this is where you don't develop that autonomy and that confidence into your own decisions. And then I think this also applies to um, the arranged marriages and that whole topic. I remember that we read about a case where um, a girl basically said, well, if my, I think it was something, sorry, I think it was something where, uh, where she said, well, um, If my parents pick him, then at least I'm not the one to blame if it doesn't yeah. work out. Wow. How you throw potentially throwing away your life because that, that's my opinion now, but I think your chances of having a happy relationship, a happy marriage are so much higher if you choose to be with that person. If you find your own person, your equivalent, you know, the, the, the person that, that sort of completes the puzzle. And if it's not that somebody like that's like winning the lottery, someone else saying, all right, wait, it's we have 10 to choose from here. All right, let's go for that one. How high are the chances that this is actually the person that you want to and enjoy spending the rest of your life with? Yeah. And that's not to say that all arranged marriages are the same. I've heard of plenty of arranged marriages where people have just been introduced and they kick yeah, off like a real, before. Yeah, like yeah. they start dating and then have a real relationship. So what you said, yeah, 100% applies though as well. Like I feel like, um, It does take away from people being able to form relationships where they start off in a way where they don't need anyone. Like they have that self-love. They have that self-care. They are independent in themselves. And I feel like because, the way, because of the way the culture is, you are always feeling like you need somebody else to complete you. And that affects the way you go through relationships, not just with other people, but with yourself. And it affects your self-esteem a lot in particular. Because if we say that... Um, in the society that the most important thing for females, I know I'm going back to patriarchy here, but... Yeah, well, that's, that's, that's <laughs> the, topic. Sort of the, the, the topic of the <laughs> podcast or video, so... I know if we talk about um, how in the society that pretty much the most important goal for a woman is to get married and everything becomes about this, then we can also say that every decision that she will make in her life will be skewed to when she's going to get married. Like, it's going to affect her chances of being married or they're going to help her look more marriageable to other people or whatever it may be. I feel like 
other goals like career goals or like even doing like marathons or sporting goals or whatever makes you happy, passionate, your hobbies, they're kind of just discounted. They're like, oh yeah, cool, awesome. So like, when are you going to get married? How is it going to affect you when you get married? And even when like, you know, when I first started with the gym, people used to say, you should enjoy this as much as you can. You can train as much as you want now because what if you get married and your husband's not into this and he doesn't want you to train, you know? I'm like, well, I'm not going to marry that guy. That's, that's what I'm not going to do. Why would I marry someone who doesn't want, accept me for who I am, you know? But it's, it's so sad. Like, you hear it all the time where people are like, oh, you can do whatever you want when you get married. Just not now. Because right now we need to make sure that you are marriageable and that people will want to marry you, you know? And because of what, all your actions and everything, it affects the family's honor and how we are viewed. So therefore, you must behave in this way to make sure the possibility of you getting married is 100%. That there is no chance that you will not get married. And that is what your life becomes about, you know? Even, like, decisions like moving abroad to go and, like, you know, I don't know, go to university or to go out to parties and things like that. People will say stuff like, what if people hear about this? How will you get married one day? People are going to hear about these things that you're doing. When is the last time a guy was asked something like this? That's what I want to know. Like, I feel like girls, we cop it a lot. We did. And I can only speak from my experience, and I'm sure that the males listening out there, or you have males in your life, they've probably been through the same stuff that we're going through, you know, but I can only speak from my experience and that's how I kind of saw it growing up everything kind of became about getting married and it affects your self-love and your self-confidence so much because you feel like you need someone you feel like you're not enough the way you are and your whole existence is about being with someone else yeah yeah and I can also only speak from your experience basically <laughs> and, uh, and a, little, a few things I've experienced myself here and there but I'm, I'm more coming from a neutral standpoint and looking at this I just am not that, yeah <laughs> neutral in the way of um, I'm just trying to look at it and look at what I think yep. uh, people should do with their lives and I think if you take the majority of females in that culture and you ask them what are your goals and what are your dreams and what do you think is your purpose in life yeah then I'm not sure I, th I would reckon it would be maybe it's not even a small percentage having goals having dreams thinking or wishing that they could follow this purpose mm -hmm. but then how big is the percentage of people actually following yeah. that, chasing that, following through, making their life about their own goals and what they think is their purpose. Yeah. And I'm not talking about being a good housewife. Yeah, it's so easy to get swallowed up in the culture. So your dreams, your desires, everything becomes secondhand, like secondhand or second priority is what I'm trying to say. But it just doesn't become a priority anymore. When it should be the core of your existence should be to make yourself the best version possible of yourself for yourself first. And then one day you will attract a mate that is on the same path as you, that understands you, accepts you and loves you unconditionally. Not someone where you have to water yourself down or you have to be like, oh, I don't do this anymore because I'm going to get married or I have to sacrifice my dreams and who I am just because I'm getting married. Why would you want to marry someone like that? It's... I'm not, we're, we're, not, we're not saying that everyone is like that, but I think in these, like, let's say the, 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 the worst level of arranged marriage where people don't have a choice and then they are married and they have to spend the rest of their lives together. Also, the guys can be a victim in this, obviously. Yeah. Um, you know, this, uh, I, and even maybe unknowingly they are because they will never get to experience what real love is or they, you know, they don't have a loving partner where... I think the best thing, of course, I'm coming from a whole different background, but the, the most fulfilling thing for me in life is that goes for my family, the people around me, but obviously, or especially for my partner, is to see my partner grow and win and both of us to grow together. If I imagine being in a relationship like this, I would be like, we're both, no one's growing, we're both stuck, no one's really happy, no one's balanced, you know? It's just like, I, it, it, it is not like... I can't understand how that is desirable. Right? Yeah. And it, look, for us now, it's easy to say because I've kind of stepped out of this. But I know yeah. when I was so deeply rooted in the culture that I was so like even brainwashed into believing certain things that I could not see that what I wanted was a partner that I wanted to grow with and, you know, make conscious decisions with and live in higher consciousness and meditate and do all these things that we do. I didn't know I wanted that because like, I always thought that, oh, I want what? everyone else wants for me. I want this, the standard male, the Punjabi Sikh male that I was expected to have and then we'll get married, we'll have children and then, you know, I'll be the housewife for a while and then I'll go back to my corporate job and then after that I'll, you know, try and pursue my own dreams and things like that. Like, I didn't even know I wanted this. So I think it takes a lot of 
personal growth for someone to even see it's what they want, if that is what they want. Some people are fully satisfied with the way things are, things are the way they are and things like that. That's totally cool. But I think what we talk about now is very easy for us to speak about because I've stepped out of it. But I tell you, when I was in it, I couldn't even see what I wanted. And you, yeah, absolutely. You're making a good point there. And I think you're also, also more likely to see it if you grow up in a, in a country where different cultures yeah. mix and you see what your friends from school and other people yeah. are, are going through or what their life looks like. So you basically get a taste of freedom. You get a taste of autonomy. You see what other people do with their lives, how they're pursuing their dreams. You get some inspiration from mm. outside. If you never know what's behind the mountain, you're not going to make the effort to get to the other yeah. side. Yep. if you sort of have everything you need to survive in your little village, you yep. know, but if you know that there are like richer lands on the other side, then you will go and make an effort. If you know that actually this is where I want to be, then you'll take the journey. But if you can't even see that in your environment, or if you're living in a country where it's completely dominated by this culture, of course it is harder to grow. And this is something it's about seeing things, experiencing things, seeing them in other people, but it's also personal growth. Yep. And sort of we're talking about awakening Yeah. You know, so, so reflecting on your life, on your own wishes, goals, um, desires in life, and then actually realizing, hold on, wait, what I'm doing here, is that actually me? And is that actually serving me? Do I actually stand behind that? Or am I just so conditioned into this mindset of, I'm just following. I'm just following. I'm just doing what I'm supposed to do. And I just align. Yeah, and I see people in different stages of this awakening. And the stage they are in, dictates how they behave towards other people who are now awoken or are making their own life decisions. Like we get like all ends of like opposite ends of the spectrum really. Like you'll see people that are now trying to take life into their own hands, into their own control, doing the, doing things for themselves, being more supportive and loving and understanding to other people who then have also done the same thing. They've taken their own path. But then you see the opposite end where people are still so stuck in this way of thinking they don't even see What, they, what it is they live in. They don't even see that their identity is so deeply rooted in the culture that they haven't even figured out who they are yet. And that's okay. Like everyone is on a journey. Yeah, I was there too. This goes for men and women. Yes, men for, and women, for, 100%. For in, in my opinion, my theory, if you get rid of patriarchy of these structures and systems, it will serve both. Even though yeah. men won't be able to see it, but everyone will grow and develop um, so much more personally um, because everyone's going to be free in what they do and everyone's not going to have to rely on a system, but they will actually have their own freedom of choice and they will actually be, be starting uh, to use their own sense and their brain yeah. Um, to, yeah, to move into a certain direction in life. Yeah, and that's full freedom. It's not that freedom where you're still in that cage and the door is half open. It's real freedom, you know? You're not in a cage. You are pretty much responsible for your own life. You're responsible for your own decisions. You don't have anyone to fall back on. And that scares a lot of people. And I know it used to scare me growing up as well. I used to think, oh my God, I can't be what they want to me, me to be. And I'm going to be pretty much out there alone. And I'm not going to have anyone to rely on and all these kind of things. And then I found that, you know what? The only strength and reliance that I should have in anyone is in myself. Like I've just got to trust myself. And that has taken a while. It's been a process for me to get to this stage now. People course, only... Yeah. People only see now that the Jazz that takes life into her own hands is 100% committed to her own personal growth and her own um, happiness. But I wasn't always this way. Like I was also very stuck in the stage that a lot of you that are listening in might be in too, you know? So I can, I can understand when people like come from a place with like, how could you do this and how could you do that, blah, blah, blah. Because I would have said the same things. Yeah, and I'm, I don't know if I can ever feel it or fully understand it, but, I'm, but I can also see that if you... If you're being raised a certain way, if yeah. you're if you're brought up in the system, and if this is what um, what you learn from the elders, basically from the people raising you, from your parents, um, and you see it in society around you, of course, the first thing you would do growing up as a kid, then into an adolescent, into uh, into an adult. Um, it is not a natural thing to be like, wait, let me just reflect on this whole system that my, my whole like identity is based on. Let me just go and uh, just see if 
if this is actually something I identif- uh, identify with. Like, of is co- this even me or am yeah. I the product of what everyone else wants for of me? Of course, that is a very uncomfortable process and yeah. it needs something to kick it off. And that might be, um, yeah, that might be the people around you and, you know, being like exposed to other cultures. It might be suddenly accidentally falling in love with the wrong person. Um, yeah, or, you know, all these things or just um, sort of... Um, exploring or experiencing a passion for like you said training something that you just suddenly realize there is something outside this system that is actually desirable for me and i think this kicks off a whole process to then go and yeah reflect on the whole on the whole system the structures and question everything but it is obviously and and this part i understand it is not a natural thing to do more likely for, I said that before, for women because they have the discomfort than for men because they are in their comfort zone and it serves them. So I do understand it to a certain extent that these people then go and defend it mm. because you know because they feel threatened in well the whole picture, basically, how their wor- world works. Yeah, and I think um, the lack of reflection... Or maybe even just the way we are brought up, like where we don't really reflect at all. Like you just do things because you know they're the right way, because these are the ways that have been explained to you from when you were young. And we know that from zero to seven is when most of our subconscious um, is formed. So I think we put like 90, we make 95% of our decisions based on what our subconscious programming is. So from when you're born to when you're seven is like when most of this is formed. So if at, at those ages that you're trusting everything that elders tell you about the culture, about who you are and what you will do, and as you go through life, the same thing is kind of explained to you. This gets stronger and stronger and stronger. And you don't even realize it. Like, you don't even realize until you really take a step back and you're like, all right, all these decisions that I am making, am I in this job for myself or am I in it for other people? Am I doing this for xyz support and for their happiness and to keep them warm or is it for me? And like so many decisions I see when I was growing up, I did not make them for myself. Going to uni and doing that degree, I didn't make it for myself. I did it because I thought it was the right thing to do. I thought, okay, you go to, you finish high school, you get great marks, you go to uni because that's what's expected of you and then one day you get married off. That's what I thought was right. And then once you start making these decisions, it, it can be little ones that are actually serving yourself and not serving others. That's where you feel empowered. It, like I can just imagine this, uh, but you know, as soon as you start making decisions for yourself, you're like shit, this is what life really could actually is, yeah. be like or feel like. But then this is also, for you, it drifted into this double life. Double life, life yeah, you I was were just going to say that. You, you were doing the things that ser- were serving you on one side and then, you know, you're pre- pretending to align um, on the other hand. And, um, and then, of course, at the same time, this causes stress, like, you know, some sort of identity crisis, an internal struggle. It, it, also, it, it also, it's definitely going to damage your self-respect um, in some way as well. Yes. Because you you know that um, this is what you want, this is what you desire, this is what makes you happy, but you still sort of try to go the other way as well and yeah. align with, soci- with society, which goes against you, so you're disrespecting yourself in some way. Yep, your self-integrity suffers a lot yeah. because you know what you want, you know what is right for you, but then you do the opposite to keep other people warm. And you know, when we have these double lives, and I know a lot of you can relate because so many girls have messaged saying that they feel the same, is like when you live this double life, you're not just doing a disservice to yourself, but you do a disservice to everyone else that you communicate with in that environment as well because you're pretending to be someone you're not. You know, at the end of the day, you want to be who you are, the 100% real you in every aspect of your life to be free. And I know it's so hard to get there and trust me, it took a lot for me to finally take life into my own hands and be like, you know what? That's it. Rip that bandaid off, baby. I got to do this for myself because at the end of the day, whose life is this? We're going to go through, I went through like 25, 26 years of my life living for other people. I really finally started to live for myself and it is the most empowering, the most painful thing I have done, yes, but the most empowering thing that I've done for myself. And like you said, it's a lot of being uncomfortable and you kind of force yourself to be uncomfortable because you rip that bandaid off for yourself and you do this thing where people didn't expect you to do or but you know is right for you. And you know, you will have those people that say, well, you shouldn't have done it this way, you should have done it this way. But at the end of the day, at the end of the day only you know yourself, only you know your journey. So as long as you are true to yourself and you can look at that person in the mirror and be like, you know what, I'm proud of you for all the things that you've done, then you're on the right path. Like you don't have to worry about what other people think. 
Yeah, I completely agree with you there. And um, I had a point in my head and now I forgot it. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. But yeah, I think also, I also wanted to add on to there yeah. is um, the double life stuff, man, it takes a lot out of you. And you see it, like when you're growing up, you're living this life for other people and then you start to see tastes of what real life would be, like what you just mentioned, yeah. through your friends or through the media you're exposed to or whatever you consume online and you start to see, oh my God, there's another world out there. So you start living part of your life there but then you know that the main part of you wouldn't be accepted by the people in your life now because they want you to have this other part of you so much. So you're in this like weird identity crisis where you're like, this is me, but this is what they want. What do I do? You freak out completely and it affects you so much because you find yourself like you can't trust yourself in your decisions because then you're like, am I doing this for myself? Am I doing it for other people? Like it becomes so confusing, you know, it's so hard. And I now remember what I was going to say. The thing is, basically, in my opinion, um, for us to be fully balanced and happy in life, it's important that we are authentic. We have it in That's the name it. here as well. And if on a daily, you're lying, not just to yourself, we said that as well, or you're in some way at least not serving yourself, but you lie to your family. You lie yeah. to the people that expect certain things from you, things you don't align anymore uh, with anymore. Um, then... It, this this uh, whole like this whole thing of like telling lies every day, telling lies on the daily, um, it it damages your self integrity as you said before, and it takes away from your happiness. In my opinion, no one can really be happy lying every day, living a double life every day. So it's not it's nothing that is sustainable. And I think as soon as If, if you want to be happy, if you reach the point where you had a taste of what's outside, basically, you know, what's, what's sort of behind the mountain um, and you start living the double life, I think the only option for you to, if you, if you want to live a happy life is taking the next step. Take that band ending, off. Ending this double life. In my opinion, if you go and you live a double life for the rest of your life, you get arranged married, but then you have your lover um, or, you know, you, you either give up on the person that you love or you, you, you sort of see someone um, outside your marriage. You know, all these things, it's just conflict after conflict after conflict, internal and external. So yeah. I think it's important to be fully, completely honest and real. Stop the lies, you know, get rid of the lies in your life and just be completely authentic and honest. Yeah. Something I told you as well back then. Yeah. And, you know, you used to always remind me like just at the end of the day, you want to live a life that is fully free of lies and fully, you're just yourself all the time. And, you know, you owe that to yourself. And that's true. Like to everyone listening that's going through similar things or, you know, people that are going through that, that same stuff. You know, that's what you've got to do. You've got to take life into your own hands. And I recognize that it takes a long time, but you've just got to put steps into place for yourself or have someone keep you accountable because we always put these things off and we put them off because we know what a big deal it is going to be. And in my case, it was exactly what I thought it would be. That's why I put it off for so long as well. But you really do owe it to yourself to live for yourself. I think that, that, that that's, the most, that's the most empowering thing you can do for yourself. And you'll see that when you heal yourself, like after going through a process like this where you kind of like you shatter the identity you thought you had it kind of that mirror breaks and you're like who am I really you know under all of these needs and wants of what people want from me who am I really when you figure out who that core person is it is the most empowering thing that you will go through because for the first time in your life you know who you are you away from what people want from you away from what was expected of you or how people thought you would have should have lived your life you know who you are and that is so empowering you know Yeah. Screw the system. Yeah. Don't see yourself as part of the system any longer, but just look at yourself and then create the system, the environment, the support yeah. system, the family and friends, like create your world around you that actually fully serves you. So I think what you just said there, um, we could, we could sort of finish this around the one hour mark. I think yeah. um, that was a very, very good summary and message to send out there um, for everyone to take on board. Um, that is sort of stuck in this double life, sort of suffering from patriarchy and uh, yeah, a bit helpless um, with where to go, what to do and how to feel about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah, um, I'll just, I'll just do the outro then. I see, yeah, I don't know. Sorry, I'm not going to comment on it. <laughs> sorry, I see you I just, tearing no, up a little okay, bit. I can no, talk. Did, did, like, no, I can, I can do that. I, no, you, it's okay. okay. <laughs> I, can, I can speak. Um, I get emotional about it because I know that what I went through is not just 
what's going to happen to me. I know it's for a lot of people that are listening to me here and people that have messaged. So I feel the pain that all of you have felt, the whole double life thing. Every time someone messages me saying, I do the same thing as you, I had to live this double life or I felt like um, I had to live a certain way and it affects how I view myself or I'm depressed because of this, this and this. Like it, it hits me hard because I felt the same ways as well. And that's why I get emotional, not in a bad way, but I just, just know that you are not alone. And I know that I'm not alone as well. And I think that's been one of the most empowering things of sharing all of this as well yeah beautiful anyway. <laughs> guys um i hope you enjoyed this third episode of two authentic very controversial topic the second episode was a bit calm a bit smoother didn't really <laughs> didn't didn't really uh hit too many um uh, yeah controversial topics there and gave more of a general advice this one is very controversial at the same time i think uh it's well, very important with, with, to talk about it's very important to talk about and with this with the things uh we we spoke about here the things we we mentioned and how we broke it down try and come at us and try 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 to try to attack that i think um it was a very clear and honest view onto the whole patriarchal system hopefully that's the right word um thank you guys for watching um we're always uh, very appreciative for our, for your feedback if you want to do it personally um in our dms um on instagram otherwise of course down here in the comments on youtube or yeah head over to our social media or to youtube if you're listening to the podcast um last word yeah if you're listening to the podcast i hope the audio quality is clear enough and i hope i spoke close enough to the mic today but thank I you so reminding much you, yeah i know i keep you'll see him in the background he's always like oh come closer but i really hope that you found value in what we spoke about today and we've spoken from our experience this is not to say that every single person's experience is the same we're just talking about ours but thank you guys so much and i hope i can't wait to hear the feedback you guys have have a great week see you bye. next week Bye bye